Hi, Eric Bailey, Eli Letterman, talking Oklahoma sports. Eli, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing well. I just got back from Norman. We talked a little bit. I was at sort of this NIL summit uh, featuring Joe C., Porter Moser, KJ Kindler from the gymnastics program. Athletes were there. Local business owners were there. So I've had a, already a full day. Uh, and, and now I'm on here with you. And we got plenty to talk about today on, on the OU sign, front. You, you didn't sign a deal today, did you? I didn't, unfortunately, no. Um, uh, and, but, but I can say there are plenty of interested parties. Maybe, uh, maybe someone wants to sponsor us. That <laughs> might be in the cards. We, we are always out looking for sponsors. So if you're, hey, if you're out today, there, hey, email, text, tweet, me and Eli, we'll, we'll talk. We'll definitely talk. We're, we're, we're free agents right now. There um, you go. Busy time, a lot of sports kind of going against each other. Uh, we, you know, we're never going to stop talking about football. We got basketball, we got softball, we got baseball, we got gymnastics. Uh, it, it just goes on and on. So we're in the heart of the the this, the winter or the spring semester just starting up. But let's talk basketball first. Uh, tough night last night. We're this is Wednesday afternoon when we're talking about this. Just a tough night for the Sooners against a TCU team. I mean, we saw what they did up at Kansas last. Uh, last weekend and they kind of carry that over to this against the Sooners at home in uh, Fort Worth last night. Well, it's something of a sequitur at this event. I was just attending were Porter Moser, Grant Sherfield and Jalen Hill, who I felt for him because probably what 14 hours ago, they were at Schulmeyer arena mm -hmm. on the receiving end of the worst beatdown down OU's taken this year, you know, for all the debate about how OU has played, whether it was a non-con or now early in the, in the big 12 schedule, they haven't gotten blown out often. Last week at Oklahoma State was, at the time, the worst loss of the season. And then came last night in, you know, this is that Big 12 buzzsaw. We can debate now, I think, the depth of the conference. It seems like there's kind of a top pack separating itself. But TCU is very much so in there. And after thrashing uh, Kansas at Allen Fieldhouse, they did the same thing to OU. I mean, the Sooners really just never got it going. And uh, you know, whether it was, again, the rebounding, there were there were the, the turnovers from the jump. If you were watching that game, you just saw one team that really had its flow going. And TCU did it without Eddie Lampkin. Uh, he was on the bench, their big man. But they've got depth. Porter Moser talked about that depth beforehand. And then OU, you know, just looked like a team that was out of sorts, really never got it going. I mean, C.J. Nolan wound up being the leading scorer there uh, with 11 points that kind of matched his uh, – season high but it was another night where the Sooners just seemed really not up to it in, in the Big 12. Just a tough uh tough night uh, was it 11-0 to start is that what the score was to start? Yeah 11-0 I don't have the math in front of me but yeah. I think it was 11-0 in the first before they scored in the first half and then the second yeah. half I think was 7-0 so they in the first four plus minutes of each half just dug a hole and that does kind of bring us to something interesting I, I think the, the keen observer at this point. I don't know how many folks. I I do know several folks who didn't even bother to turn it on last night. Uh, but if you've been watching, the, the starting lineup has had this tendency to dig a bit of a hole. Yeah. Uh, if you watched against Baylor, that game in both halves kind of flipped in the Sooners' direction when Bijan Cortez, Sam Godwin, Otega Owe, that was the Baylor game. The bench added the punch. And last night, the bench could only do so much. This was a runaway train. But it's it's becoming a trend where the starting five uh, seems to just not be giving them what they need out of the gate. And a team that is playing on the margins the way they are in a league that is possession by possession every game. Porter Moser keeps driving that home. Last night, not so much. Uh, a starting five that does that to you, you're, you're not going to beat high-quality teams doing it that way. You know, it's funny. The TCU uh, sports information director tweeted last night that 
the football team at TCU and the basketball team, the men's Ooh. basketball team, uh, beat OU by the widest margins in history, in both football and basketball. So just uh, OU is going to have to, you know, kind of stay away from Fort Worth and try to rebound next season, both football and basketball wise. Did he mention, by the way, the the women's basketball team <laughs> that uh, that went to to Fort Worth and beat TCU ninety three to sixty six, or he left that out? That was left that out. Part left out. Left interesting. Out, yeah. Interesting. Well, one last thing on the Sooners, yeah. uh, Alabama this weekend. Of all well, things, that's the thing. Alabama it doesn't get any easier. You are now – and I, I didn't know this. I haven't watched Alabama as closely as some of these Big 12 teams. They're not just winning in the SEC. They've beaten everybody by double digits, 20-plus points. They're running teams out of the gym. And if last night was any indication, at least the Sooners, you know, the Tuesday game back on campus today, this, is, this might be the longest layoff they've had in yeah. 2023. They really could use it. Uh, because right now it's just it's not clicking. It, it seems a, a little bit like Grant Shurfield. I mean, he, he's at the top of everyone's scouting report. They know to go after him. He's getting smothered. And and nights like last night are nights where you, you you just wonder what the next month and a half could look like with this team because it was ugly. It doesn't get any easier over the weekend with Bama. And then I guess there's a, a relative drop-off coming up after that of, of Oklahoma State and West Virginia. But uh, as you kind of continue to forecast, March Madness and the postseason, uh, th these losses are certainly mounting. Yeah. On the flip side, the uh, Oklahoma women's team, number 14 in the nation, first place, sole possession of first place in the Big 12. They have a big game tonight down at Texas. Uh, Texas right behind them in second place, so it's a one versus two matchup. It's going to be a lot of fun seeing this game. Uh, and again, Taylor Robertson, we've talked about her all season. The Taylor Robertson watch continues. She is Two away. She has 495 career threes. She is two away off the record of 497 by Kelsey Mitchell from Ohio State. Um, and uh, I really thought there was a chance she'd get the record last Saturday. Uh, she only had two three-pointers against Oklahoma State in Bedlam's 97-93 win. But, man, 190 points, Eli. This was a fun game to watch. Bedlam, uh, it was the most points scored since 1990 in this game. It's a span of over 70, 70 meetings between these schools. I mean, it was... It was an exciting game. Uh, Oklahoma State coach uh, J.C. Hoyt said that they could have chose to slow it down and take Oklahoma out of the game or just run with them, and they ran with them. So, as a, you know, as a fan at, for the media, it was a fun game to watch. Oklahoma does get a win. This is a fun team. This has just been a fun team, and, and they're, they're on a mission. Uh, they're on a mission, and they're playing really well right now. It's really exciting. And, shoot, if, if the next five years mean more matchups between J.C. Hoyt and Jenny Bronchek and these style of teams, and I'm presuming that in, in Stillwater that that program is only going to grow. We might have some really fun matchups. But OU right now, you said at top of the conference, they have a big one tonight in Austin. And then, and then they go to Iowa State, uh, a team they played a great game with a couple of weeks back. And, and this is these are probably the games that, you know, right now it's what, late January, OU is first in the conference. They want to be there in a month's time or at the end of the regular season and what all that would represent and, and shooting for that top four seed. So these are the these are the important games. It's one thing on your home floor to, to beat Oklahoma State and some of the teams they have. They've got to go on the road and get these wins. So these are big ones. Taylor Robertson, I, I think I'd imagine for her. I mean, Eric, you're the one who spent some time with her. She'd probably like for this to be over with. For, I think for, to hit, yeah. for the for the three pointers to to go back to just being three pointers. Because I'd assume the record hanging over things is just just that it hangs over things. But it, we'll, we'll be back on on Taylor Robertson watch tonight. 
Exactly. And that's the thing. And even Jenny Baranchak and Maddie Williams mentioned that last Saturday is that I think everyone was ready for it to be over with and move on. Mm -hmm. Similar to Jocelyn Hollow with the home run record last spring, everyone on that team was ready for it just to get over with so they could just focus on the rest of the season. I think once she gets this record, there's a good chance she'll make it tonight. Uh, interesting to be making it down in Austin if she does it. Uh, mm -hmm. Something that they're going to keep an eye on. And you know, and I, I'd be remiss not to mention Maddie Williams, the Big 12 Player of the Week, had 26 points against the Cowgirls on Saturday. She's playing her best basketball of her career. So this is a team that's really hitting on all cylinders. So you mentioned it this week. They got Ohio, uh, they Ohio State. I'm sorry. They have Texas, and then they have Iowa State. Uh, and if they get these two wins, you know, you're looking at really solidifying that top four seed if you just play good the rest of the way mm -hmm. so uh I, I think yeah in Oklahoma I think last year they they were a four seed in the NCAA tournament last year got to host won the first game and then just got blown out by Notre Dame I think that this senior class wants to finish their careers with a with a round a second round win and, and going to the Sweet 16 off their home floor I think that's the goal of this team right now well hey before we jump to football there's one other team that played inside Lloyd or that competed inside Lloyd Noble Center Sunday night was OU Gymnastics the women's team again uh, I think they've now they've, they've won all five of their meets to start this time it was Utah in town every single one of theirs top 10 win and they're just cruising early and this was cool it was it was the home opener and I was there and got to kind of take the fan angle because we, we knew it would be a good crowd it turned out to be the third best crowd in program history trailing just that Michigan one uh, last spring and in the big one when they got 10,000 in for UCLA a few years ago. And man, the excitement that they've garnered uh, around this program, the, the, the product is is on the floor, on the mat, on the beam, well, every event you want to name, but <laughs> the fans now are responding. Uh, and, and so it was another great showing from the team. They're, they're cruising. They'll be back home, I think, the first weekend of February, uh, February 3rd, I think, for Iowa State. But KJ Kindler and then they've got it rolling and it really was interesting you know the fans there you see a lot of young girls in their gymnastics gear from their local team uh but as striking as that you might expect that that local gymnasts are coming out to see the best team in the country most striking though were, were just the you know some older couples from Norman who go to men's basketball women's basketball showing up for gymnastics and, and they've really bought into it my best quote I got was uh I'd rather come watch this than the football team, which uh, I don't know. I'd love to know how that resonates inside the Switzer Center, but uh, there's a lot of good going on there as well. Men's gymnastics, kind of mentioned that too, Mark Williams and the, their team, second in the Rocky Mountain Open, at, at, hosted by Air Force. So good, strong showing over the weekend. They uh, they entertain Illinois uh, and uh, Air Force in McCloslin Fieldhouse this weekend. So, uh, of course, there's some some good good gymnastics on the campus. There's always been good gymnastics at OU, too. So we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that. And I'm glad you got to go see the women's gymnastics team. I mean, like you said, 7,000 fans strong in, inside Lloyd Noble. That was a big deal. So um, football-wise, it's kind of quiet. I mean, we're seeing here little news every now and then. You know, uh, it's one of the bigger moments. David Aguebu, uh, the linebacker, is going down to Houston. And, uh, nice team next year. Close to home, so that that yeah, exactly. And the uh, Big Twelve uh, school, Houston, staying in the conference, I guess, in a way too. So I think that was big. And then uh, Jay Nunez, uh, the special got a, got a promotion to senior special teams analyst, uh, got a nice pay raise too, Eli, hundred ten thousand to two hundred fifty thousand, quarter of a million dollars a year. Uh, I got to get on the Jay Nunez plan. I know, I know. We got to we got to follow Jay, uh, Coach Jay. Uh, you know, he he really 
brought something that this program hasn't seen in a while, and that's just uh, special teams that are making a difference. I mean, we look at their punt return average. They, you know, on punt returns when they did when they did take the ball back, they were averaging over ten yards a game, which is a first down in the grand scheme of things. You want to, you know, average ten yards on a punt return. That's a first down. You don't have to get on offense. And I think they did that. And of course, everyone's going to remember the fake field goals. Uh, you know, two or three just missed, barely missed that one against Texas Tech that went off Braden Willis's hands. Uh, and Michael Turk, uh, you know, had a perfect, uh, mm-hmm. uh, perfect uh, completion percentage until then. So uh, it, it's just big what he's brought to this program. And I think he was well rewarded with that promotion and, and pay raise. He's probably a guy we we heard about him in the spring. You know, as part of Brent Venables' new staff last year, but. I think his name came up the most that week. Uh, they, they had the bye week and then went to Iowa State, and that fake field goal at Iowa State really swung things. Mm-hmm. That game, I, I mean, the story of that game really was, it was uh, Zach Schmidt's touchdown, which was the byproduct, apparently, of something Jay Nunez had identified a tendency. They pulled it out in the game, saw what they had seen on film, and boom, seven points in a game that swung things at, at a tough place to play like game. So he, he proved his value, I think and obviously compensated for it. Another OU assistant, probably worth at least acknowledging, whose name is being kicked around, is Jeff Levy's. Uh, he's been linked uh, some places more credibly than others. I mean, Pete, Pete Thamel at ESPN, who's about as good as it gets, had, had linked him to, to the opening, the offensive coordinator, coordinator opening at Alabama, vacated by Bill O'Brien, who's going back to the Patriots. Beyond that, everything else has just been rumor mill, rumor mill, rumor mill. So we'll see there. Um, it would be late in the cycle if, if OU did have to replace its offensive coordinator. It's a tough time of year to do it. Uh, but I, I think until there's some uh, maybe some more smoke, yeah, uh, it's hard to, to really see the fire there. It'd be interesting to see, you know, if he did leave, if something like that. And like I said, it's way too early. And I feel funny even speculating about him leaving because we don't know if that's going to happen. But here's a guy who came back to Oklahoma. He gets to run the offense at OU. Uh, you know, Brent Venables leaves him alone, says, you take care of the offense. I don't know if that'd be the case to Alabama. Plus, Jeff Levy, you know, his roots are at Oklahoma. What Oklahoma was, you know, really cut his teeth on that coaching staff uh, when he when he got here, too. So I think that that's key. And after one year, you know, it's hard to – it'd be hard to see him leave. And uh, he's got Jackson Arnold coming in. I mean, he's got an offense that's kind of, you know, understand what he's looking for too. So I I really would be surprised. I mean, you never say never. I mean, look at uh, Lincoln Riley a couple of years ago. I never thought yep. that. But I just don't get the feeling that that's going to happen. But, of course, the door's open. You can tell, until Alabama fills that spot, uh, you know, it's going to be, be there. Exactly. And I guess the counterpoint to all you just laid out is Alabama. And for every Jackson Arnold, Alabama can probably have three five-star players. But you're exactly right. I, I think at this point, it really it feels more internet speculation than, than anything else. And it, it will remain that way until they fill that job. One thing to remember, too, going back to Mike Leach in 1999, since 99, every offensive coordinator who has called plays at OU has become a head coach. Uh, you know, you look at Josh Heupel, Jane Norville. Well, mm-hmm. Jane Norville didn't call plays, but he he's a head coach. You look at every 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 past play caller at OU, Lincoln Riley. They've all turned into head coaches. Chuck Long, Kevin Wilson at Tulsa now. I mean, everybody who's called plays has been a head coach. Uh, Mark Mangino was at Kansas. So I think if you want to be a head coach, it's you know taking that path from OU's offensive coordinator to the next step. That's something Jeff Levy's. He's on the fast track for that. Uh, playoff football. <laughs> We're we're talking NFL. Yeah, how about yeah. that? And how about all these Oklahoma players playing in the in the playoffs? I mean, it's going to be fun if you're an OU fan just to watch these two games. And 
see a lot of familiar faces, and including one, uh, Lane Johnson. I know you're uh, yeah. working on something on Lane. I mean, here's a guy, he came to school, uh, you know, he, he was a high school quarterback, turned into an offensive tackle, and now look at him, one of the best in the business. Well, I learned today, I spoke with James Patton for, for this story. I'm working on the former OU offensive line coach. And what I didn't know for Lane Johnson, I knew he was a quarterback. I knew he came in as a tight end. I didn't know there was a stop on the defensive line on his way to becoming uh, who is now, you know, an all pro NFL offensive lineman. The interesting thing with him, he's on this robust Eagles offensive line that is probably, you know, looking like one of the best in the NFL. He's playing right now with a torn adductor, not abductor, A-D-D-U-C. T-O-R, it sounds really painful, like absurdly painful, something you're supposed to have surgery on. And he's playing NFL football games this way. And, and so trying to get some medical experts, their perspective on this, perspective of the people who worked with him at OU on, on just how tough this guy is, because he's, he's not just playing at a high level on, on one of the NFL's best teams, but doing it through a pretty serious injury. But it, it, you, you look all over the place and there's OU connections. You've got Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy renewing a, a, a Big 12 quarterback battle in the NFC title game. You've got Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan with the Bengals, and they, they are everywhere. And OU's got its fingerprints all over these playoffs. Dalen Hurts, Lane Johnson, Grant Calcaterra, Kennedy Brooks, Tyrese Robinson on the, on the Eagles, Trent Williams and Orlando Brown, Trent Williams, the Niners, Orlando Brown, Creed Humphrey, Blake Bell, James Winchester with the Chiefs, and Jan, uh, Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan, the, the Bengals. So I think a dozen players still trying to get that Super Bowl ring. So that's that's pretty big. And you're right, Jalen Hurts versus Brock Purdy. That was a crazy game that ended with a Parnell Motley interception when Iowa State tried to go for a two-point conversion in the final minute. So, uh, yeah, so those two are familiar back to their college, game, college days in 2019. So uh, before we wrap up, let's talk some uh, some diamonds. Diamonds, yes. Uh, let's, uh, softball, number one in both polls, two-time defending champs. They have eight players that have named to the top 50 player list, top 50 players to watch. Eight Oklahoma players are on this list. You could pull, you put a, you know, you just need one more player and you'd have a team. Sorry, um, nine. <laughs> Haley Lee, Grace Lyons, Alice Dorocco. I feel like all I'm doing is reading off names. Kenzie Hansen, Jada Coleman, Tiara Jennings, Jordy Ball, Cindy Sanders. They're all on the preseason watch list for uh, for uh, top 50. So, and you, all these players are replacing Jocelyn Allo who won the award So from last year. So uh, Oklahoma softball, they start in a couple of weeks. They're ranked number one uh, in a couple of major polls. They've been picked unanimously to win the Big 12. Uh, it's going to be fun for softball. And now the, the big question going into the season is just living up to expectations. Yeah, I mean, it, it's I guess that's something they've gotten used to because this has been the case each of the last few years. And there, there does not appear to be any signs of stopping them. What, what's of note, in the state of Oklahoma is who's right behind them at number two, Oklahoma State. And we know, you know, kind of the that next hurdle last year was Oklahoma State beating OU for the conference title, but didn't matter once we got back to OKC for the College World Series. Is this the year that that OU can make, the, or excuse me, OSU can make that push, or are we watching OU once again back up the preseason hype? You, you listed all the talent they have. They have everything they need to do it, uh, and, and we're going to be getting started with it here pretty soon. We go over to baseball, and, and yeah. we talked about this last last week. You know, defending national champions, you look at the national runner-ups, and Skip Johnson is getting ready to to take the diamond again too. And uh, this is going to be another good football, uh, good baseball team. I know they're rebuilding. I some odds came out today. Some Las Vegas odds came out 
OU is 38 to one odds are 38 to one to win the college world series, which, yeah, I think it's top 15, but they're top 15 in odds. I think, you know, people are believers in Oklahoma. Uh, they are behind Oklahoma state and Texas, but this big 12 is going to be a, a tough league again this year. And Oklahoma's placed themselves right in the middle of it. Yeah. I, I think this team, you know, they, they had to replace so much from last year. It's not like they're bringing back the same team that made that run. And it's probably part of why you see, even though the odds are where they are, OU is not in the top 25 or some of these big lists that are coming out. Uh, but the fact is, I, I think they probably like it that way. I think they feel really confident in Norman. And while they lost so much from last year, I mean, two names right now in the news right before we hopped on here, Jackson Nicholas and, and John Spikerman, both named preseason all big 12. Those are going to be the guys. And, and the guys I'm really interested in talking to are the ones, the holdovers from last year who are going to maybe have to hold, not hold this team together. It's that there's no, nothing to hold together right now, but, if, if they start slow or just bringing on a, a really new uh, group of guys. They, they brought in so much this offseason, a lot of talent. Those are going to be the guys that, that should be able to say, hey, we don't got to turn this on until April. It's a long season. And, and I think, you know, th there's certainly confidence there within the program of, of that they can be back there and that that wasn't a fluke and that this team has all the parts uh, to, to get back to where they were last year. And, and so seeing those two guys recognized, uh, should, should probably provide a little bit of excitement. And we're less than a month out. I think it's something like three weeks Yeah, uh, yeah. coming before it's baseball time. It's really hard to believe. The snow was falling yesterday. <laughs> All right. Well, I think let's wrap it up. One last question before we wrap it up. Who's your Who's your prediction for winners this weekend? Who's going to be in the Super Bowl? I don't bet against Joe Burrow. So I've got I, – I, I'm leaning – the NFC one's a lot tougher for me. I like the Niners a lot. So I, I'm going to go Bengals-Niners Super Bowl. That's my uh, – and, and, hey, that would present us with the number one overall pick going up against Mr. Irrelevant in, in terms of the quarterback battle. You'd have him and Brock Purdy. Uh, I, I think that'd be pretty intriguing. What about you? <laughs> it's funny. I'm going to go completely opposite. I'm going to the <laughs> Eagles. I, I just think it, a lot depends on the health. Of, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just just health-wise, what, you know, what's he going to be like? What's um, – can't think of his name now. Don't Mahomes. tell me. Texas Tech, Patrick Mahomes. I couldn't even think Mahomes' name. I've already written him off. Uh, no, I, I just depends on a lot on Mahomes' health. I really think that's the case. But I just like this Chiefs team overall, and and I, I think Philadelphia is just a team of destiny with what yeah. they've done this year. And with who would have thought Jalen Hurts would be the NFL quarterback that he's developed into? I mean, yeah, we saw talent at Oklahoma, we saw talent at Alabama, but making that leap, you don't see it that often. But he's done really well with the Eagles, and man, for that city, I would I, I just love Philadelphia fans. They're nuts, and <laughs> I I would love to see them. Uh, go and get to the Super Bowl too. So I'm going to go Philadelphia, Kansas City. Say that's, you know, Jalen Hurts, and we can wrap this up. It's credit probably to falling into the right situations. I think we've seen of the three quarterbacks, you know, in that era for OU, you'd look at Baker, Kyler, and Jalen. And, you know, two of them fell into to situations. You know, Baker and, and Cleveland obviously didn't work out. Uh, it seems like they're stuff in flux in Arizona, but Jalen Hurts has, has landed in the right place, the right organization, and clearly made some pretty big jumps uh, from, from where he was in college, despite the talent he flexed then. Uh, it's, it's pretty spectacular to watch. And if you think about the fact that this is the quarterback 2017 national title game, we saw bench for Tua. You might have, that could have been the end of the road, and here he is now. 
Exactly. All right. Well, Eli, it's been great talking to you. When we talk next week, we will know the Super Bowl matchup. So we'll have a lot of storylines. No matter what, it sounds like we're going to have storylines because we'll have OU players in the Super Bowl to cover. So that'll be interesting, too. So uh, for Eli. Real question is if we're going to know the Big 12 schedule by next week. We we had that same talk last week. Every week, yeah. we know the schedule. We'll find out. You know, next week at this time, it'll be February almost. <laughs> you never know. I hope so. Well, thanks for watching Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever, you, whatever platform you use. You can find our our written work at TulsaWorld.com. And we appreciate you uh, joining us again for another podcast this week covering OU football, OU athletics.